0: Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of For the Love of Money. And I am so jacked for today's interview because I get to interview Chris Gillibo. Now, most of you probably know who he is, but for those of you who don't, he is the New York Times bestselling author of The $100 Startup. And the reason I'm so excited is he has a brand new book out. I mean, literally brand new. It's called Side Hustle, From Idea to Income in just 27 days. And the reason I'm so excited to interview Chris is because I feel like that's what well over half of my listeners are looking for. Not necessarily to start a giant business or giant corporation as an entrepreneur, but instead to maybe keep their current job and start a side hustle, a successful side hustle that offers consistent extra income in your life. And so that is what we dive into and talk about. We're going to talk about where people typically go wrong in their side hustles, where they typically get stuck in their side hustles, what usually works to get your side hustle going. He helps paint a picture of 27 days and 27 steps for you to get your side hustle launched and making income. And this is what makes Chris extra special. He has visited every single country in the world. I mean, every single country, literally 193 out of 193 possible countries. So you can only imagine what Chris knows about money and business and the trends around the world. And so we are going to dive in and learn everything we can. And the reason I feel so privileged is Chris is on a 100 city tour right now, 100 cities in a row, and he still made time to jump on this podcast and share his greatness with you. So I mean, buckle up, get ready because this episode is incredible. All right, Chris, my man, I am so
1: excited to have you on. Thanks for making time, dude. Thank you so much for asking me. I can't believe you're about to do a hundred city (laughs) tour. That's insane. Yeah. Yeah. You know, at the time that we're talking, I think I actually just finished, uh, what stop number four or something. So I feel like I'm almost done, you know, just 96 more to go. It's like the home stretch right oh, now. Yeah.
0: 96. It'll be a breeze. <laughs> All right. So actually speaking of travel, I want to start with that. Um, cause I really want my guests to get a good picture of who you are. Sure. You have visited every country in the world. I mean, literally 193 mm-hmm. out of 193. Is that right? That is correct. Okay. I've got to ask you, what have you learned about <laughs> business or money or
1: people that has absolutely blown your mind? Man, that's a that's a big question. Um, I don't know where to start with that. What have I learned about business or money or people? Um, for me, it was, um, I mean, I have to kind of go back to, to where I started with it. I, I love to travel. I, I love travel itself. I, I was an aid worker for about four years in West Africa and just kind of loved the, the challenge of getting around in that region. And then I started traveling in other regions and made a list of all the countries I'd been to. And eventually, that led to this goal of going to 100 countries and then, then after I got closer to that, I was like, well, I should you know, double it up basically and go to every country. And so it was an 11 year quest and I was doing other stuff at the same time. I was, I was an entrepreneur, I was starting little businesses. I eventually about halfway through, I started a blog called The Art of Nonconformity, uh, began chronicling the journey. And I think maybe the most interesting thing that changed along the way was the first half of the quest was totally private and it was just my own thing. And I had my own motivation. I wasn't trying to get famous with it or whatever. But once I started writing about it, um, I, people started reading from all over the world, and I began connecting with a lot of those people when I would go to different countries, when I would go to Kuwait or Vietnam or Botswana or whatever. And that changed a lot of things for me because I am an introvert I, by design. That's who I am. I like to spend a lot of time by myself. I don't mind that. Um, but it was really cool as well to go and meet my readers and uh, you know, see what their life is like and getting a tour if I'm only in a, you know, a country for a short period of time, you can actually still get a pretty good authentic experience if somebody who lives in that country kind of takes you around and shows you the market and talks about how their business works or whatever. So a lot, a lot of stuff kind of comes down from, from, from that top level uh, examination of why I did that whole thing.
0: So obviously entrepreneurship is one of your areas of expertise. You've written several great books about it, and we're going to talk about those books in a little bit here. What have you noticed when it comes to entrepreneurship in other countries compared to the U.S.?
1: Yeah, I would say maybe number one thing is, um, you know, like I'm American, I love the U.S., lots of good stuff about here, but we didn't really invent entrepreneurship. Uh, Most countries around the world, especially in Africa where I used to live and also Asia, you know, Latin America, you know, places where there's very little formal economy. Those people are entrepreneurs. And if you go in the village in West Africa, I used to live in Sierra Leone in particular, I would drive my Land Rover out and be delivering like health supplies to a clinic or whatever. And like pretty much everybody there is hustling. Like my new book is called Side Hustle, but like everyone in West Africa is already a side hustler. And they've been doing that for you know hundreds of years, if not thousands of years. So I would say the main thing is like, you know, maybe we have some advancement in technology, but we also have a lot that we can learn from the rest of the world too.
0: How do people in other parts of the world, I know this is such a broad question, but maybe you can pick out one region or one area. Sure. How do they view the idea of working so hard and so long to make money um, compared to how we do in the U.S., because I feel like we place mm. a little too much emphasis once in a while on it.
1: Yeah, no, I think you're totally right. I think uh, I think maybe some other places have a kind of a better grasp on like money as a means to an end for something, and like oh, and, you know, we all need money for stuff, of course. Like we want to do well, like of course that's great, um, but there is a certain point where you know the pursuit of wealth for wealth's sake just becomes a compulsion, and uh, like we all know people, and maybe we've been there ourselves, you know, on that track where you know, we're doing that and we're going after something and we realize it's not actually making us happier. So, uh, some people around the world probably struggle with that too, but I do think that is uh, a little bit more of a kind of a Western mindset.
0: I have to ask, have you ever found yourself, um, with that compulsion?
1: I have found myself with a lot of compulsions. Um, I, I regularly kind of have to go back and you know, look at my motivations and look at my goals and why am I, why do I do the things that I do? In fact, I used to have that as like the wallpaper for my laptop, like it would open up and I had a picture that says like, why do you do this every single day? And so it was just like to force myself to answer, like, why am I doing that? Okay, I'm going to work on this thing. Uh, what's, what's the purpose of it? Like, does it lead to something greater? Like, is it going to be impactful? Is it just about money? Well, that may be okay for some projects, but like really what's it, what's it all about? So, I mean, there there are many times that I've got it wrong for sure. Yeah, same here. It's
0: it's a fine line I kind of walk, right? Am I accumulating abundance so that I can right. continue to help others, or right. does sometimes it, it turn into a sport, right? And that's kind of a fine yeah. line that you have to. It is a fine line because
1: uh, you know it's it's totally healthy, I think. You know, to 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 want to be successful according to your own definition of success. And uh, you you know, I actually love the work that I do. I feel very fortunate uh, to be able to do it. I'm happy to work a lot of hours because I. Cause I, cause I enjoy it, but you're absolutely right. It's a, it's a fine line of figuring out like, you know, why are you actually doing these things and is it the healthiest thing for you? And if it is, then great, you know, do that. If not, maybe you need to make some changes.
0: Chris, I love your personal philosophies on your website. And the second one, number two was you can do good things for yourself and help other people at the same time. And mm. I just want to speak to this real quick. It's exactly. What this podcast tries to get across and that is awesome, just because you have a business and the desire for more money and success it doesn't mean that someone else has mm. to have less money or success because yep. you are gaining it and you know helping yourself can actually be what puts you in position to help others even greater and so yep. is that what you meant by this philosophy
1: no i think that's a i think that's a good uh, encapsulation and it could also be the opposite uh, you know helping others can help you help yourself like it's all it's all like this circular kind of process. And, uh, you know, for me, I go back to those, like, I'm, I'm just about 40 now, but I first went to West Africa when I was uh, 22 and it was this life changing kind of, kind of thing. And I was an aid worker and, and, uh, people were, would, you know, people back in the States, and my family, my friends would, you know, I don't want to say that like they were in awe, but they would be like, Oh wow, you're like, you're giving so much, you know, sacrificing so much. And I was really uncomfortable with that language because I felt like, I was like, this is the coolest thing in the world. Like, I actually love what I'm doing. And I, I personally am being changed through this process. Like, I, the lesson, like, I kind of even knew it, knew it then that what I was learning and experiencing was going to, like, stay with me for the rest of my life. But now, like, looking back, like, 15 years on, it's 100% true. Like, whatever success I have now is, is very closely related to, to those years of exploration and discovery and, and kind of giving of myself. So I, I completely believe these things go hand in hand.
0: One of the things we talk about quite openly on this podcast is giving and and the common Mm. thread of generosity that runs through, let's say, 99% of people I know that have massive success. And so Mm. one of the fun ways that we expose Mm. giving is a little segment I do called Two Minutes of Bragging. And I really don't mean bragging, but it's a fun title. And it's meant to inspire people to give a little bit more. So in all these missions, in, in all the great things that you're doing, do you have a favorite moment of giving or making a difference? uh a moment
1: of, of me doing something like that or yeah i yep. want to meet oh man huh um that, i mean it's a great question i love the i love the concept uh, it also kind of like introduces this this awkwardness which is not mm-hmm. like a bad kind of awkward right but it's like huh i don't want to talk about like stuff That's that i've done the
0: whole idea i'm trying to get people to give out loud <laughs> right. in order to create this chain reaction instead of right, almost right. giving in the dark you know
1: yeah no it's totally true it makes sense like i once was part of like this uh fundraising campaign and uh Like I heard this notion of like you're supposed to stand up and say like here's what my pledge is and it's actually going to encourage people to give more. And uh, at first I was like this is the worst thing in the world. Like this makes me really uncomfortable. And I I had to kind of – it challenged my thought process honestly because I I went away with it and I thought about it for days and like I hated the concept. And I finally came around to the idea that they were actually right, you know. And like it's actually powerful to stand up in front of people and say I'm doing this. So I'm not dodging your question. I'm just honestly thinking because – Um, I, I don't know, I guess, um, because when I tend to think about what I've given like this, it's not, not an exaggeration. It's not hyperbole. If I think about something, I can always identify some, some return, even if it's just, you know, spiritual or intangible or something that's, that was good for me. You know, like I said, those, those times and anything that like the few times that might fit into like the smaller category where I actually was genuinely altruistic, like I almost want to kind of keep those in a box because they, they, they feel like they are so few.
0: Yeah. That makes, it, I mean? yeah that, that makes perfect sense. Let's talk about your book real quick because okay. your book is going to free people up in order to give more. And, and that's one of the things I love about it, right? Side hustle equals more money. Yeah. More money means you can make a little bit more of a difference. And yeah. so um, I'm about a hundred pages in and I started yesterday. And it, cool. for me, that's fast, right? So that I'm like devouring <laughs> this thing and I absolutely awesome. love it. So just Thanks. how realistic is it for someone to have a successful side hustle up and running, churning out cash in 27 yep. days, like you say?
1: You know, I think it's pretty pretty realistic, and I've seen it happen over and over, and um, this this process that I'm going on now, speaking to people all across the country, the the whole concept of Side Hustle, the book Side Hustle, From Idea to Income in 27 Days. Uh, I'm not trying to help people, you know, create a huge startup in 27 days. I'm not trying to help people, like, create a company and, like, hire employees and, and all of that. Like, some of the listeners are probably mm-hmm. doing that and, like, good for them. Uh, I'm trying to help people who, for the most part— are actually kind of new to this world, and they don't necessarily want to quit their job, but they understand that they need more security for themselves. Uh, they like the idea of creating an additional asset for themselves, which is, by the way, something I think even self-employed people should do. Um, but they don't—they also don't have a ton of time, right, because they're pretty busy. And so I've tried to devise this whole process as essentially a blueprint. It's like step one, you do this. Step two, you know, step one, day one. You know, day two, step two, et cetera. So you always have something to do. And, uh, like the, my, my minimum criteria to be featured on the podcast, I have a daily podcast called side hustle school every day. I'm telling a story of somebody who, you know, does this essentially follows this process. Like, and how much money did they end up making? What did they go through? What challenges did they encounter? how did they get their idea in the first place? All that kind of stuff. Minimum criteria is that you have to be making at least $500 a month you know, through this process. I don't, I'm not satisfied with anything less. Now, I also feature plenty of people in the book through the process of the podcast that didn't go on to make six figures, that go on to do much more than that. Um, but my point is like $500 to $1,000 a month is at least something that people can relate to. And it's, it is significant. It can make a difference in your life. It can help you go to paying off debt or saving for a vacation or whatever is important to you. And if you've never done that before, it feels really good. It feels really empowering. So I think it's possible.
0: Chris, you said something earlier, and it's one of my favorite things about your book so far is you do make the path so clear. I feel like people literally get in their own way by trying to make their idea either too big, or they get caught up in the details, your path, the 27 days, the way it's laid out, if somebody just follows it, it's a, it's a no brainer. I love it. So
1: trying. Yeah. Let me say one thing though. I don't make a disclaimer. Like I don't want to say it's easy. I never want to tell anybody that anything is easy because I think most things that are worth doing, you know, sometimes they take some effort. So what I'm trying to do is like makes things simple. I'm trying to take complex concepts and turn it into a simple path. But of course I want people to work for it.
0: You know, you said it takes $500 a month minimum to be featured on your show. Do you have any idea what the average side hustle income is out there?
1: Oh, I really don't because it, it varies so much, you know, and I think the other thing is um, like we right now as a culture are actually having this national conversation over like what is a side hustle because it means so many different things to different people. And, you know, I'm kind of on this like one man mission to, to redefine it, or at least, you know, for my own purposes. But uh, I I think what I'm trying to encourage people to do is not just go and get another part-time job, which is how a lot of people, you know, refer to that phrase Uh, or even things like driving for Uber or Lyft or something like nothing wrong with with having a part-time job, but, I'm trying to help people create assets for themselves and that's very different I'm trying to help people create something that can earn money for them um, not completely passively I mean like they have to do something for it you know to start it in the first place um, I'm not trying to sell a dream that's that's not obtainable but I am trying to do something that's going to be much more successful for people so as for what the average is it's really going to depend on what kind of project you pursue and and uh, you know what the the ultimate results uh, of it will be which are never guaranteed but that's what, that's what entrepreneurship is all about. Right?
0: Yeah, totally. And you know, what's cool is you're speaking to literally 75% of my audience right now, it's exactly the position that they're mm-hmm. in and what they're looking awesome. for. And Fantastic. so speaking of them, I love one of my favorite parts of the book so far is the real life stories that you tell in each chapter, mm-hmm. you know, what, yeah. how someone got the idea and, and what it turned into for income. What is one of your all time favorite hmm. side hustle success stories?
1: Oh, one of my all time favorites. Um, let's see, I'm trying to think about your audience as well. Um, and what they might relate to. Hmm. I got stories that let's go in like a range. here, And I've got stories of people that do like the 500 to a thousand dollars a month. And maybe they're selling on Etsy or maybe they have like a, a blog or something. Uh, let's speaking of blog, let's go up to a, like a higher one, a uh, story of a guy who makes about $4,000 a month. So $4,000 a month writing a blog about uh, cruises, specifically writing a blog, answering questions that people have on cruises. And he has a very natural origin story for this. Like he went on a cruise with his wife. His in-laws gave him a gift certificate. Uh, He wasn't sure if he's going to like it or not, but he goes and actually has a good time. Comes back and realizes that he had a bunch of questions that he would have liked to have had answered before he went. So he creates a really simple WordPress blog. He uses his skills as a copywriter. That's what he did for his day job. And the whole blog consists of answers to questions like, can I watch Netflix on a cruise? Well, you know, here's your answer. How does internet access work? You know, what are the tips, tricks, hacks, et cetera? Uh, so he connects this blog to uh, Google's advertising program, which anybody can sign up for. It's also you know, pretty simple. And then, like I said, uh, about six months in, he's actually making $4,000 a month from it. So I got ones that go on, you know, to make 100,000, 200,000, far beyond that, but it's a, it's a huge range. That's insane.
0: It's insane because it's realistic. You know, it's a realistic uh-huh. range of money. And right. I almost like how it materialized. I don't want to say out of the blue, he put work into it, but he was really yeah. just following this gap that he saw was existing out there.
1: Yeah, exactly. What well, gap is the key word, right? Because like he found a market in which there's lots of people searching for information and obviously there are a lot of other resources out there, but that doesn't mean that you shouldn't create one of your own. And you know, also he found that like a lot of the other resources are kind of biased in different ways. And so he's kind of presenting it from a you know, perspective of, you know, his ideal customer, which in his case, his customers aren't really paying him any money. He gets paid through Google, but the ideal like site visitor, like what do they want to know? How can I write, you know, to them? How can I understand what voice I should use to reach them? And like the more knowledge he acquires about this, the better he gets at how he does his job. And then the more like archives he's building up in Google. So it's, it's just a really good thing for him.
0: That's really cool. Do you have another favorite story?
1: Uh, yeah. So here's a woman, uh, I call her the, the candy heart woman. And she's actually a, a marketing director uh, for a company in, in Florida And a couple years ago, she wanted to um, give personalized candy hearts to her clients, like those things you see at Valentine's Day that say, like, Be Mine or whatever. She wanted to print her client's name on it. And she kind of went through this, like, convoluted search on Google, gets to, like, page six of Google results before she actually finds a manufacturer who can do it. And that manufacturer wasn't super responsive, not great at customer service. So, you know, through this little process that she went through, it took about a year, of course, you know, part-time. Like, she's doing this, not not full-time. Um, she actually decided to create her own business doing this. And uh, two years on, she's now making $100,000 uh, a year from this project, and she's doing it seasonally. So basically, like the whole business like, operates around the Valentine's Day season, and then it essentially you know, shuts down or, or kind of just goes dormant. Uh, she says she loves her job, so that's why she's going to her work. She still believes in her company. She likes the people that she works with. But uh, interestingly enough, she says her value at work has actually increased because of this side hustle, because her employer knows that she doesn't have to be there like she could be, you know, full on with this business, earning a great income and maybe doing something else or whatever with the rest of her year. Um, but you know, it's actually helped her be more valuable at work, you know, and of course she has this you know, tremendous, you know, side, side income as well. It's incredible. hundred grand seasonally. Yeah. That's yep. insane. Exactly. And so, like I said, you know, all these, just to be clear, like these are not just like things I'm making up like, you know, every day on the, on the, the side hustle school podcast, like it's a true story. And like, we actually verify this information and talk in detail about how much money people are making and how much it costs to start up and, you know, like w- what did not go well along the way. Like, I don't want to just present success stories. I want to show people like, where do people get stuck and how do they find a way around that? So I think you have to tell the whole story for people to to truly, you know, get something out of it. Yeah, for sure.
0: Just a couple questions left for you. You know, one of the things I love to do is get people unstuck and you've worked with thousands oh. of entrepreneurs, obviously yeah. at this point, where do people most typically get stuck or go wrong in their side hustle?
1: Yeah. I would say, you know, problem number one is I don't have a good idea. Like, I'm not sure what my idea should be. I hear all these, these ideas about side hustles, but I don't know what I should do. Like I have the skills that I use for my job, or maybe I built another business using these skills, um, but I don't know how they transfer or translate to something else. So, you know, first half of my book and process is basically teaching people like, here's where ideas come from and here's how you can learn the power of observation so you can do all kinds of stuff. And if you learn the power of observation and how to use your curiosity to think about business ideas, well, that can help you for the rest of your life, you know, no matter what you go on to do. I'd so Say the other problem is people who have ideas, like ideas are not the problem, but they get stuck somewhere along the way. Like they don't know what the next step is, or maybe they can't even choose between their ideas. That's another one. It's like, just like a paralysis by indecision of like, I've got these, you know, six ideas. I don't know which one I should, pr- you know, pursue. And what I always tell people is, like, especially when it comes to the side hustle way, like the 27-day you know, plan here, you're not trying to you know, choose your life partner here. You know, you're not trying to like make this decision that's going to endure for 30 years necessarily. We're just trying to make a decision like what's best for right now. So take some of that pressure off, right? remove the pressure, make a decision, try something out. If it doesn't work, then okay, try something else because you're not risking a lot of money and you're not going to risk a lot of time either.
0: Such great advice because people feel like they're, you know, making the one decision of this epic corporation they're going to have the rest of their life. I mean, they even get stuck on the name for days. That's ridiculous.
1: Right. I mean, if yeah, you could. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I love it.
0: So um, where's the best place to find you and your book?
1: Uh, Yeah, awesome. Well, so the book is called Side Hustle from Idea to Income in 27 Days. It should be in any bookstore or online retailer. Uh, The website is SideHustleSchool.com, same as the name of the podcast, Side Hustle School in Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. And I am Chris Guillebeau, which nobody can spell on social, but if you just type something close to that, you'll probably find me.
0: (laughs) I love it. Okay, last question for you. It's a signature question I kind of ask everybody. And it really is related to what you're doing. So having a side hustle means people desire more money and more Mm -hmm. abundance. Which leads me to this question, and that is, why should people be unapologetic about their pursuit of success or more wealth?
1: Mm. Um, they should be unapologetic about being themselves, first of all, I think. And if people who are listening to this identify with you know, your mission, which it seems like they probably do, that's why they listen, and I identify with it as well, at least as you've stated it, um, they don't have to apologize because that's that's who they are. My whole mission like for 20 years now is built on this concept, like you don't have to live your life the way others expect. And so you don't have to apologize, you don't have to justify it. You should go and do good in the world and and you can do good and do well at the same time and and you know why not?
0: Oh man, I absolutely love that and I absolutely agree, Chris. I know you're doing a 100 city tour and you <laughs> totally fit this in. I am ridiculously grateful for you and I wish you so much luck on your book launch.
1: No, you're awesome. Thanks so much, man. And thanks to everybody who's listened.
0: Thanks for listening. And if you loved this episode and know of someone else who is as successful as they are generous,